0: to go with me, amen, to the book of Genesis. And for those of you who have been following um, us on our um, our Love Church Facebook page, the Lord has seen fit to draw me back into teaching prophetic Bible studies. And so far, we've been able to to catch up. We're in Genesis chapter 33, coming up on this week. But this past week, God, did some phenomenal things in our prophetic Bible studies. I'm encouraging you, amen, to take some time while you may have some time. To go back and listen because God is speaking through his word. We're in a time where people are running to and fro to hear what us say the Lord. But God has already spoken. Amen. For every solution, for every problem, every uh, 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 challenge and conflict that you have, God has already given you a word, praise God. And that word is, the Bible says, it's forever settled in the heavens. It changes not. And so I certify you and I encourage you in this season to fall back to the word of God. Amen. For your answers are in the word. And you'll never worry about a false prophecy when you read it for yourself. And God speaks to you out of his holy scriptures. So God birthed this message um, for uh, today out of my um, Bible studies this week. And so you're going to find me in the book of Genesis. I'm going to begin reading in chapter 28. And uh, amen. We're going to talk about some things that I feel um, are relevant to what God wants his body to hear. Amen, we're in some, some precarious times and God does not want his people to be deceived and God doesn't want his people to be scattered, especially in their minds. God wants you to be whole, amen. And, and so I want you to take a, a, a walk with me, a trip with me to Genesis chapter 28, and I'm going to hover around the book of Genesis a little bit today, praise God, because there's some things that God wants to reveal to the body. So in Genesis chapter 28, amen, let me see where I want to go. Uh, I want you to follow me to, let's see. I want you to look at verse 11, and I'm not going to read all of it. Amen. But this is chronicling the uh, uh, Jacob's ladder experience. And just to give you some context, praise God, that this was during a time where Jacob was running for his life when he saw he had, had uh, uh, received the birthright promise and he had uh, 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 deceived his father amen and so Esau was out to murder his brother I want y'all to listen to me carefully Esau was out to there was an attempt there was a hit and some of you have had hits spiritual demonic assassins have placed hits on your life amen because you labored to get the blessings I'm already preaching I even, let me just stop father in Jesus name because I already see what the spirit of God is driving me God I thank you for your word God you're already ready to preach it. But, Father, I want to first acknowledge you in all of my ways, God, that you would direct my path. Father, I seek you, God, while you may be found. And I will call upon you while you are near. So, Father, for this is an hour where the kingdom of God needs to hear a true word, God. Nothing manufactured, nothing sweet, nothing salted, but God, something, Lord God, that will keep the minds of your people while they're in this season of transition and turmoil. You said, God, that you will keep us in perfect peace, whose minds are stayed on you. And then you also said, God, that you would give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. And that you would keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, Father, we will not be moved by what's happening, Lord God, across this land. we see it and we understand it. But, Father, we will forever declare that we live in Goshen. And that we are hedged about and we are protected as long as we stay under the blood of Jesus. So, Father, play our feet in your word. Hey, God. Play us, God. Like will be the man of Psalms 1. Like the river of water, like the tree planted. We will not be moved. So I come against God's flighty spirits. Flighty spirits in the minds of God's people that's looking to run, looking to go somewhere. God, help us to be still and see the salvation of the Lord, which you have given to us this day. Father, I bless you, God, because I, I feel in my spirit that there are many that's going to be set free and delivered from this world. You're going to go into the homes, God, and you want to minister to your people. They don't need to be in this building
1: for this is the hour, God, where you're coming to where we are.
0: Hey, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for coming to meet us right where we are. Speak to every wandering mind. Speak to every broken heart, God. And command all to be well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, and so there are some of you, bless you who bless uh, you. You labor and you have contended for some blessings. And now the enemy is hot on your trail. And so you can feel that pressure in the realm of the spirit. Where the enemy has been pursuing you. And so the word of God comes to uh, to, I, to Jacob to leave. Amen. And so as he is leaving, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 11, 28, excuse me, I want you to look at verse 11. The Bible, verse 10 said, Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And verse 11, the Bible said, he lighted upon a certain place. I preached that years ago, that certain place. He lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because it was evening. And he took stones of that place and he made himself a pillow and he he laid himself down to sleep, praise God. And the Bible said he dreamed and behold, there was a ladder. I'm going to skip through it for the sake of time. And behold, there was a ladder set up upon the earth and the top of it reach to heaven and behold the angels of God ascending and descending upon it and I, I want to stop here because I have often have ministered in my messages about how there, when you're leaving or when you're in transition, amen, there's also a changing of the guards, not only are you physically moving but there's spiritual movements, I always tell my church, pay attention to movement pay attention to movement because as Jacob is leaving his father's house He's leaving under his father's covering. Amen. And, and so God in this infinite wisdom, God has to protect the seed that he put on inside of you. And so God understands that Jacob is leaving from his father's house and the place that he's going to, amen, is hostile territory. Amen. Some of even some of the places where God is taking you to, praise God, their enemies already set there to overthrow and to take, take what God has put on inside of you. And so there had to be a changing of the guards. And this was a monumental place. And I want you to hear because this is the meat of the message. But there was this monumental uh transference of, of authorities and responsibilities that took place in the realm of the spirit. Because he's leaving his father's house, amen, and he's moving now into another realm, another reach that knows not God. And so, in order for you with your prophetic anointed self full of the seed of God, in order for you to continue to move efficiently, God has to place angels. Amen. This is why it's important to be to, to be sent. Because when God sends you, he goes before you and He already makes a place for you, as opposed to just going somewhere. Amen. So always labor to be sent and not be a went one. Be a sent one, not a went one. And so, so you find here that, that Jacob is, is dreaming and the angels of God, you see a lot of angelic activity. And I maintain to tell you, many of you right now are experiencing a lot of angelic activity. You may, you may not be cognizant, you may not be aware of what's happening, but there's a lot of angelic, there's an increase of angelic activity. Every time there's a persecution against the church, every time there's a persecution against the people of God, you're going to see a host of angelic activity and you're going to discern that there's a lot of movement going on. And you need to understand that so that you don't get and get caught up in the whirlwind. Praise God. Stand still. And so the Bible says in verse 13, the Lord said, the Bible says, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord. And so you hear, find here that God affirms his promises now to Jacob because he's no longer in, in Isaac's house. Now this is a place where Jacob has to know God for himself. And I believe this is the hour that we're in as a church, Amen. Where you need to know God for yourself, not because of what pastor said or bishop said or apostle or prophet. But now God has you, Amen. At an intersection in life, Amen. When you can't get to your east, uh, to your uh, 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 Isaac, Amen. You got to stand on your own two feet, and you got to know this God for yourself. He said, I am the Lord God, the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and the land where you lay on, I will give it to you and to your seed and your seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And I'm going to move past that, praise God. And so I want you to move down to verse 16 and Jacob went to chapter 28, Genesis 28 and Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. I want to encourage you. Some of you are at home. Some of you are at work, some of you in your car. Amen. And I'll maintain to say the Lord is in that place. You may be in a hard place. You may be in a place where your heart is broken. You may be in a place where you've been betrayed. You may be in a place where there's lack. You may be in a place, amen, where you've been spiritually wounded. But God said, behold, I'm in this in that hard place. Jacob had to lay down. Some of you have to lay down in a hard place. But the Lord said to let you know that I'm there. Oh, God, I'm already preaching. I ain't even hallelujah. Praise Jesus. He said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Did you hear that? He said, I didn't know it. Because sometimes you can be so focused on what you're going through that you can't even see God moving in the midst of your pain. You can't even see praise. God, I remember times when I was giving birth. I think it was to to AJ, my oldest son. And I was in so much pain. I was almost delirious. I couldn't see who was coming in and out of the room. Amen. But God had healers. Amen. In the room, I saw angels. I was in so much pain. I was caught up into the realm of the spirit. And I could see in the spirit realm, there were angels in the room. But I was in so much pain, I couldn't hear my mom. I couldn't hear nothing. Because sometimes pain has a way of, of, of blocking your ears. And pain has a way of blinding you, and so it takes the Spirit of God, amen, to come in and open you up to the realm of the Spirit and show you that you are not alone, even in the place, even as you're running for your life, even though there's been a hit placed on your life, God said, I am with you. And so Jacob rose up early, verse 17 rather, and he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God, the gate of heaven. Glory to God. And Jacob rose up early in the morning, took a stone, made a memorial, verse 19, and he named the place Bethel. And if I would have to take a topic, I want to encourage you from the topic, the spiritual place called Bethel. And again, this is something that got birthed, amen, in me from from Bible study. How about that? He birthed it birthed this straight out of Bible study. This message didn't come from Facebook. It didn't come from YouTube. It came straight from the Word of God. Hallelujah spiritual place called there. So now, before that, a place was called Luz. And Luz was a place of enlightenment. Luz was a place of, of, of a resurrection. Luz was also a place, uh, some of them, some of the scholars have equated it to an almond tree. And if you know anything about an almond tree, an almond tree represents resurrection. Amen. When God told Moses to put the uh, the rod inside, praise God, the Ark of the Covenant, when when Aaron put the rod of the Bible said a rod, budded. In other words, a dead rod, a dead, uh, praise God, piece of stick that had been laying down for Years, the moment the man of God picked it up, it resurrected. There are some of you that have some dead situation. God said, "Put your hands on it." When you put your hands on it, God's going to bring it back to life. Hallelujah! And so this is why that place was a place of resurrection. Some of you feel as if your back has been pushed up against the wall. Some of you feel like you're out of your comfort zone, and God said, "That's exactly where I need you to be. I need you to be in a place because I'm revisiting some dead areas." Jacob thought all was gone. He said, "I got the blessing, but I feel like I'm I feel like I'm cursed." Amen. Sometimes the enemy will press you so bad in the middle of the season when God is blessing you. The enemy will send so much warfare your way. My God, you'll feel like you're blessed. And people say good morning. You can't even hear. Amen. Because you're so bombarded and so discombobulated and so, amen, preoccupied with your warfare that you can't even see, honey. How bless you really are. You're so anointed. You can lay your head on a pillow and the gates of heaven can open. Hallelujah. Ooh, God. Because the power of God is resting upon you. So there's a spiritual place called Beth. Now turn over with me to Genesis thirty one and let me build this case. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And in, in the New Testament, they were called the scribes and Pharisees, and they were called the doctors of the law. These are lawyers and he would defend their case. And I love to use that term, especially for my daughter. She just wrote a book on the courtroom of heaven. When you understand courtroom, kingdom courtrooms, amen, you've got to learn your law. You've got to learn your constitution and you've got to be able to defend it. Hallelujah. When you go to prosecute the enemy, praise God, you've got to be able to pull out the books and say, it is written. You've got to be able to call out, amen, like they did with a hazardous and and and, and, and praise God. He said, bring the books back. Why? Because I'm about to Teach your patience. You Gotta know the constitution of the kingdom. Ooh, God. You gotta know the kingdom constitution. Genesis chapter 31. Let's build this case for a spiritual place called Bethel. And I just want you to turn in verse 13. Genesis 31, verse 13. This is gonna bless your life so much. Hallelujah. Some of you are gonna feel so encouraged after this. Genesis 31, 13. Now let me give you a little bit of background for those of that. You can't assume that people know this stuff. Amen. But a little bit of background here. Is, 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 and I taught this last week, where now God, Jacob, there's another shift that's about to take place in his life. Okay? Now, in Genesis 28, we saw that Jacob was on his way to Laban's house. Amen. And so before he got there, God had already released angels who would excel. Amen. Help him maintain his strength and excel in that strength because you're going into hostile territory. Don't go nowhere without God. Don't go into a relationship without God. Don't go into a career without God. Don't go nowhere without God. There's a song that said, "We'll take the Lord with you wherever you go. And I'll say, this, let God go before you and then you go. Hallelujah. Don't ever go anywhere without God. And so here Jacob is about to, amen, enter into a, uh, a foreign territory, hostile, heathen uh camp, amen, and the angels of God go before him. Why? Because he's leaving one set of warfare and he's getting ready to go through something else, praise God. And what he's getting ready to go through with Laban was worse than what he went through, praise God. Sometimes even with your blessed self, and you'll think, okay, finally I got some relief, and it seems like a whole second wave of warfare will hit your life worse than what you just came out of, but I maintain to tell you, it's all working for you good because it may seem like you're going through hell and it may seem that God has forgotten you but God has not forgotten you. God has already sent the angels and the things that you're going through is to prepare you for where God is taking you. And so there are some experiences even in the valley of warfare that you're going to need. It's going to be good for you. It's going to be meat for you. It's going to make you strong. It's going to make you mighty. It's going to increase the oil of your anointing. Amen. So don't fight it praise God. So as he's going through with Laban, the Bible says at the top of Genesis 31 that Laban's heart starts to turn. And this is how many of you know that your seasons are about to change because people's hearts get ready to turn. Amen. Folk so you thought was with you. And amen, you always had a little suspicion in your Holy Ghost that something wasn't right. But God didn't open the whole screen up yet. Yeah, he just gave you a little glimpse to let you know you ain't crazy. Yeah, something is awful. But it ain't time for me to open that thing up in its fullness right now. It's not time for me to show. Because if I show You're moving your flesh and God said, I need you. This thing that I have for you is predicated upon time. You cannot move presumptuously in this hour. And so God will show you glitz by glitz by glitz just the Bible said here a little, there a little. Gotta measure just a little bit. Just it'll be just enough for you to be able to take and not lose your mind. But and not make you think you're crazy. And so God, Laban, Jacob knew this man ain't really for me. He ain't really got my best interest at heart. And but God said it ain't time for this thing to be fully exposed, yes, son, because I'm not gonna release you out of Laban's house without some blessings. And so I don't want your mistress. I, I'm not gonna show you their whole heart right now. I'm just gonna give you just enough intel, just enough to let you know. Don't put your trust here. I'm gonna give you just enough to don't you don't to don't sleep with your eyes closed. You keep my eye open, you keep like Nehemiah, one sword in one hand and the word of God in another hand. Keep your in the hammer, keep your eyes open, praise God. You're in enemy camp. But I'm gonna bless you in the house of your enemies. Oh God, that preacher right there. Oh Lord, have mercy. God's gonna bless you in the house of your enemies. David said, He said, the Lord said, He will prepare a table for me. God has prepared a table for you in the presence. How is God going to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies and you keep running? Every time somebody talks about you, every time somebody mistreats you, you pack in your bags and run. You done know, ran so much, praise God. You just running, you just running. You hop, just running, praise God. How is God going to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies and you can't keep still? Hallelujah. You don't know how to be still in God. Stand still, people of God. Stop running. And stand still and go through, go through your process. So God incrementally starts to reveal Laban's heart to Jacob because the now time has come. The now time has come. And the time where God prophesied to Jacob in chapter 28 is about to come to pass now in chapter 31. It's coming to pass. Your blessings are coming to pass. Your breakthroughs are coming to pass. That's why the hell is the warfare, and the hell is so strong. Like I told my daughter last night, that's why it's so strong. That's why it seems like you can't sleep at night, you don't have peace. Because you're right there, and the enemy is, is he's contending for your blessings. He's warring with you right at the camp. Right as you're about to cross over, the enemy shows up. My God. And so, so you got to pay attention to what's happening here in Genesis chapter 31, because this is very important for you to understand as a child of God. God says, first of all, the Lord said, go to Laban's house. Then you got warfare in Laban's house and it'll make you question God, not Lord. How is it? You told me to go here and then you break my heart. You press my heart right here. I, this don't make sense to me. And God said it don't have to make sense to you, but I'm working something in it. Because I didn't tell you to stay in Lady, oh God. I didn't tell you to shake my go. I didn't tell you to stay there. I told you to go there. And some of us have made brick homes and tabernacles and edifices and the places where God said go. He didn't tell you to stay. You were just traveling through, amen. And that journey may have taken you five, 10, 15 years, but God never intended. some things that you want to bring out of the house of Laban that you need, amen, to take to your promised land. There's some experiences. There's some skill sets. The prayer warrior that birthed in you while you were in Laban house, while you were trying to stay sane, trying to keep from cursing for out, trying to keep from catching a case. That skill set is what you need when you step into your breakthrough season. (laughs) So thank you, not strange. Go through it. Go through it. Go through it, praise God. So Amen. So, so, so God tells Jacob, because I kind of gave you a wraparound of what's happening in 31, and Laban is confronting Jacob, and Jacob is standing his ground. Laban was about to, to do Jacob great harm. And the Bible said that God dealt with Jacob, uh, with Laban in a dream. and said, don't you touch him. Listen, we were on the way coming to church this morning, on the way coming to work. Amen. We put our time into the kingdom. As we were coming, me and my daughter, we were singing and just worshiping together, and the Spirit of God spoke right out of me. And he said, what he said, oh, Joy, don't bother to worship. That's a, listen, that's a word for the enemy. Don't bother the worshiper. The most dangerous thing you can do in your life is to touch somebody who has God's attention is to touch somebody's life who knows how to open the heavens. The Lord said, don't bother, don't touch the worshiper. In Elisha's day, the king sent, and he tried to get a word from Elisha, and Elisha was called in worship, and they just broke out and they were great proud of the and arrogant and conceited, and died. The fire from heaven came and consumed them. Caps by 50, caps by 50. And the last man said, look here, I know you're a prophet of God. I know the anointing is on your life. I've heard the people who died trying to interview and interrupt your worship. Can I please have a word? God is getting ready to teach people how to treat you. <laughs> Did you hear that? God is about to teach people how to treat you. He said, no, oh, I'm to worship. And so that's what God told Laban. He said, oh, that's, that's my son Don't you touch him." Now understand you have a problem with him and I will allow you to confront him because I'm teaching him how to be courageous. Come on somebody. There's some battles. Oh, I hear God in here. There's some battles. God ain't going to sit down. God's not going to let you sit down while he fighting. There's some battles you will have to show up. You will have to put your boxing gloves on. You will have to put your, your headband on and strap your boots up. And there's some battles you will have to show up for. Why? So God can teach you how to fight. You know how to, you need to learn how to bob and weave. You need to learn how to dunk. You need to learn how to throw balls. Praise God. If you're going to enter into a warfare season, you need to learn how to do it. And so there's some battles. Amen. God is not going to fight. He's not going to fight it for you. He said, I'll fight it with you. Hello, somebody. He said, I will fight it with you, but I'm not going to fight it for you. Well, I'm waiting for God to do it. God said, I'm waiting for you to stand up. And when you stand up, I'll stand up with you. I'm waiting for you to open your mouth. And when you open your mouth, I'll feel it. But I'm not going to do this for you. He's not going to do it for you. You, there are some things you are going to have to do for yourself because there are skill sets that you need to learn. And the only way you're going to learn it is with hands-on practice. So in Genesis chapter 31, verse 13, amen. And this is so rich, and it's all my prophetic Bible says, you got to go back and read it, y'all, because God is speaking so much to his people in that. But he says to, 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 to Jacob in Genesis chapter 31, verse 13, I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest a pillar, And where thou vowed a vow unto me, now arise, get thee out from this land, and return into the land of thy kindred. Now look at that. Let me help somebody. From the time that God spoke in Jacob's dream, in Genesis chapter 28, God was silent from that time to the time when he had warfare with me. Why? Because God said, I have already spoken to you. And I need you to grow up and get delivered from needing the word for every day of your life. This ain't no horoscope. Well, what's my word for Tuesday? Well, I wonder what's going to happen on Wednesday. You got to walk this walk by faith. Amen. You got to get up and get out there and you got to show up. Amen. And then when you show up, God will show up. So Lord, God's not getting ready to tell you everything. Well, wonder why the Lord didn't show me. It wasn't for you to know. If you, God wanted you to know, He would have told you. God doesn't withhold information that's essential for your life. God will tell you on a case by case, need by need basis. And this is why many of us kingdom folk, church folk, are stuck in these infant baby toddler stages. It's because for every trial, for every situation you go through, you want somebody to give you a word. I need a word. I'm going through it. The word is stand strong and be encouraged. Praise God. That's your word. That's the word. When you, you ain't got no new word. God is not getting that. Nothing new came from the Lord from Genesis 28 to Genesis 31. Nothing was no new word. No dream, no nothing. Well, dreams came and he showed them how to manipulate the flock. But God wasn't talking to him about destiny. God was talking to him about his job, his career, his marketplace anointing. Oh, God. So you got to understand how this thing works. You got to understand how, you know, what, what makes up the mind about God, how God, you got to understand how God does God. You got to understand that. He's not going to give you a word for every day of you. You can forget that. Some days you just got to get up and show up. The just shall live by faith. So he says to Jacob, I'm going to reread it. Uh, He said to him, I'm the God of Bethel where you anointed a pillar. You know what? In your Bethel, and this is why, and I was talking to the people of God, you need to make sure that you got a place called Bethel. You can't go back to a place you never had. You need, you need a vessel. You need a place in the realm of the spirit where God can visit you and remind you of past victories won. When Jacob was leaving his father's house and there was a hit, amen, there was a murder, a assassination attempt on his life, God allowed him to fall to a hard place. Because some of us think, well, I'm too anointed, the devil even touched my life. If God allows it, the enemy will ask Job, the most upright man, wealthy man, and the devil touched him and touched him and kept on touching him. But God had a plan, praise God. And so in Jacob's case, he was running for his life, and that's exactly where God wanted him. God said, I want you to run because there's some things in you, son, that I, that can only be worked out by a one-on-one with me. I think Jonathan Nelson, somebody said, I need a one-on-one. You need a one-on-one. And your Bethel place is a one-on-one. Ain't nobody there. There's nobody laboring with you. There's nobody tearing with you. Ain't nobody singing to you. Ain't nobody playing drums for you. Ain't nobody playing piano for you. Ain't no ushers, praise God. There's no deacons. There's no bishops. There's no prophets. And your Bethel is you and God alone. That's all. And that's the place where it seems amen, where where, where the heavens open over your life. Some of the most beautiful, listen, I know that in the word, but some of the most Beautifulest places that I had visited in the realm of the spirit was my Bethel places. Places where the spirit of God would visit me and I would commune with him with father to daughter when I got filled with the Holy Ghost was my Bethel moment. Amen. When God delivered and saved me was my best hell moment. So, times when I was studying the word of God and the characters came out the Bible in my room. Times when I studied Acts chapter 2 I was studying the Holy Ghost and the Lord literally allowed me to be in the upper Wind. It was a Bethel moment. And so whenever I hit times in my life where Jacob was going through times when I'm conflicted, times when I don't know what to do, times when I don't understand what's going on, God was saying, remember Bethel. Remember the place that I commune with you. Remember the time I healed your son. Remember the time I healed your body. Remember the time. Remember that great sweet commune that we had. Do you remember? Do you remember your Bethel? Do you have a Bethel moment? Do you have your own Bethel moment? Or is your moment caught up in somebody else's moment? A time when somebody prayed for you or somebody prophesied. That ain't your Bethel. Your Bethel, the word Bethel means the house of God. That means there's nobody, it ain't nobody that runs house your house. It is a place in the realm of the spirit where God is. Jacob said, this is the house of God and I didn't even know it. A time when you have reached your bottom low and that place is, God said, that's exactly where I want you. I want you broken. I want you on your face. I want you with your back against the wall. Because this is where I'm going to show up. This is where I'm going to show you who I am. This will be my house. You need a bed there. You need a bed there. When backsliding spirits and all kind of spirits that you have been delivered from try to return and come back and find this former place. Amen. You need in your mind, Father, in Jesus' name, I feel the world pulling on me. I feel something talking on me. And God, I need to go back to Bethel. And God will take you back. And say, daughter, you remember. You remember that time I filled your belly with fire. You remember that time that I filled you with my Holy Ghost. And after the fire was so in rapture with you, you were scratching, trying Take your clothes off, and in that moment of time, there's a paradigm shift in your mind when you forget all about what you was planning to do, and you're caught in the glory. When Jacob had that Bethel reminded experience, when God reminded Jacob, Jacob no longer feared Laban because when you go back and revisit your Bethel, your enemies have no power. The thoughts of your mind, demons have no power. hit your check. Honey, that's just life. That's just fruit from the government. See, you sold by working or oh, whatever you do, pay taxes. That's just seed. That ain't Bethel. Bethlehem's not anything you sold for. Bethel is time like that. Yeah, you sold. You sold your life. Ain't money, but you sold your life. And God said, listen, now, Jacob, when the enemy, this enemy that you think is too big for you, you got an enemy that you think is too strong for you, and now you have a mass great wealth and fortune, and so now you got to, you. it costs you too much to backslide, now who got Some of you is too expensive, it's gonna cost too much, there's gonna be too many casualties, if you backslide right now, you got too many people in your belly, you got books in your belly, you got ministries in your belly, you can't die here, you can't die right now, and so God windows. Huh? And I'm going to open the doors of heaven. Huh? And I'm going to take you back to our moments. Huh? I'm going to take you back to when I told you how great you are. I'm going to take you back to when I told you I'm the God of your father Abraham and Isaac. And I'm your God too. Huh? I'm going to remind you about this land. Huh? That the enemy fight you on is actually yours. My God. You got to have a Bethel. You got to have your own. You got to have. Because my Bethel won't mean nothing to you. I can sit here and tell you about how God filled me and how he blessed me and how many demons are he using to cast out and how many great awesome experiences I had in God. And all you can say is Ooh, amen, praise God. And clap a couple of times, but it won't have no meaning to you. See, Bethel doesn't mean nothing to nobody except a person. That's why God said it's my house. It's just me and it's just you. Won't nobody else understand what your Bethel looks like? You can tell the folk, you can write it, you can preach it, you can sing it and hum it, but won't nobody, can't nobody understand what your Bethel, so you've got to have your own individual unique Bethel experience and it was at that moment in Jacob's life in Genesis thirty-one thirteen, that God said I am the God of Bethel God said do you remember when you anointed that pillow listen God didn't even call it a rock because the way you label things and the way you identify things. God don't see it that way. He don't see it like that. He said, no, I know you said it was a rock, but that was a pillar. Come on, somebody. He said, the place where you anointed a pillar. He said, the place where you vowed the vow to me. He said, I'm, I'm I'm that same God. And God is saying to some of you, you remember when you didn't know how that bill was going to be paid? Do you remember when you got that report from the doctor and they told you that they're signing you up and you've been scheduled to see the specialist? Do you remember? And do you remember when I came in and I frustrated the report? Do you remember what happened that day when you were about to lose your mind and I came in and I, I gave you peace? Do you remember the song I sent, ain't just a minister to you? a song that can't nobody sing, you try to wake up and try to remember it, but God said I snatched it from your mind because a natural mind cannot discern the spiritual things of God. But do you remember that when the angel sung to you the peace that came over you and that when you woke up, you had a brand new mind, you had a brand new talk, a brand new walk. Do you remember that Bethel? You've got to have moments people of God where God, listen, because we like to put God in remembrance of his word. We like to say, God, remember what you said, remember. But God said, I want to, I'm going to remind you what you did. Ooh, did you hear that? God said, I'm going to remind you of what you did. Because there's no best author <laughs> like the author who writes, and he goes back and he rereads his own books. <laughs> he goes back and he rereads. Hallelujah! There'll be a day that the angels, the scribes, the angels who operate in the scribe anointing, will bring the books before the Lamb, before the Father, and those books will be open. And God, just like He told uh, 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 Jacob, He said. This is what you did. Remember what you did? My God. He said, I'm the God of Bethel. Where you have anointed a pillar. Where you bowed about unto me. He said, now arise. Now is the time to go. Again, you go when you're sent. I don't care how much warfare, labor's labor hey, says he's going to kill you, can't nobody kill you. You're unkillable. You're undiable. Amen. I'm not going to say that the, the weapons won't be formed. But I will tell you, it won't prosper. Can't nobody take your life until God say it is finished? Jesus, He said, He, He laughed. He said, don't you know I have the power? He said, no, you don't. Cancer doesn't have the power. COVID doesn't have the power. Diabetes, nothing, not a gun with a bullet loaded has the power to take your life until God says it, it is finished. And don't you come into agreement with it either. He said, no, you don't have the power to take my life. My life down when I'm ready, when I'm when it's finished, I'll lay my life down, but not a moment before then. So even though Laban wanted to do great harm to Jacob, and even though Esau wanted to do great harm, God will hide you. Some of you, and I've been saying it for years, God has been hiding you, praise God. And he's like the prophet of Obadiah. He was hiding it, and well, I wonder when it's my turn. You're not ready for your turn. Wait your time. Right now is the time when God is hiding you, because the enemies have, Amen. Pharaoh and, 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 and praise God of uh, 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 parent spirits who are out there ready to kill the next levels of anointing. And God said, you don't have to Skills at the skill set to fight. Amen. You know how to prophesy, but you don't know how to survive. And so that's why I'm hiding you in the house of Elizabeth. I'm hiding you in the house of Obadiah. I'm hiding you in the house of Moses because you're not ready. He hid Joseph in jail. You ain't ready yet, son. I know the call on your life because I put the call on your life, but I also know the timing and you're not ready. And Jacob had not. Have listened to Isaac when Isaac said go. Go to Laban house. Go somewhere where the enemy can't find you. There are places, listen to me people, of God and the realm of the spirit, where God will send you. There are some people who are safe houses. I preached that a long time ago. There are some people who are safe houses. And honey, when you connect to them, the enemy, have you ever seen, I know my children, when they play and they get to fighting and carrying on when they were little and one is running from the other one and they'll come straight to me. You hear what I said? they'll come straight to that safe person because they know, mommy won't let you hit me. Daddy won't let you bother me. And so just like a child knows where to run in a place of safety, you as a child of God need to know where to run in a place of safety. And so there are places and people strategically positioned across the earth where God has who are safe houses in the realm of the spirit. For Elijah, the great prophet, got to go down to Zarephath. There's a word I have commanded her to sustain you. And you're looking like, all this great anointing. Why God sending me over there? because that person has anointing you on their life to keep you alive. Yes. <laughs> I don't care if they ain't got but two pillars and a, a broken picture on the wall. That's where your safe place is. You stand to God said go. That's a hard saying because don't nobody, I can't, I can't believe it. What do you mean, God? I got to go here. I got to go
1: with her. I got to go over there with him. What,
0: what you mean? God said, I said what I mean. I said what I said. If you want to survive this season, you go and you do what I tell you. Amen. So even in Laban's house, God had, remember those angels, the changing of the gods. They guarded Jacob. If you look over to ch- chapter 32, and I'm not going to read that, because I'm getting ready to go to chapter 35. But if you look at chapter 32. The Bible said in verse 1, and Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. Do you see that? In these incremental moments of this man of God's life, when he was being obedient, when God said go, he went. And when he got to a certain intersection, in other words, when he showed up at the time and at the place where he was supposed to, the angels were there well I don't know, where I don't feel God well check your GPS in the realm of the spirit and find out where you are have you rerouted yourself, did you take a detour because the journey was too hard and God tells you to get from here to there follow his instructions that's where, the, that, that's where your grace is that's where your blessings are not where you want to go, amen your breakthrough is where God said it is so Genesis 32 you find him as Jacob went the angels of God met him so there's an intersection of obedience, even in times of warfare, even in times of conflict. You don't, and I, I've said it before, you don't get a pass because you're going through. You don't get to act a hot fool, just I'm going through, something. y'all just forgive me. No, no, there's no excuse. Everybody's going through. Jesus didn't act a fool because he was going through, so you don't get a pass. You still got to live holy. You still got to forgive. You still got to worship and do whatever God will do. You don't get a day off. What if Jesus was in the middle of his cross? Uh, you know, I need some time for, uh, uh, time out we be dead. So no, you're not going to pass for your pain. Keep going. Now turn over to Genesis chapter 35. Is everybody okay? Let me check my time. Not too bad. Praise the Lord. So I can go. I know I can't. Alright, Genesis chapter 35. And this is where I told y'all this is going to bless some of you. Those of you at home, I know you heard God. I know you heard God speaking to you. In the middle of this whirlwind. You hear what I said? We're in a whirlwind right now. Everything is spinning. We don't know from one day to another what's happening. What, what you know? We don't know what's going to shut down. What's going to open up? Every day is we're hit with something new. We're in a whirlwind. And God is still speaking. That means you can stand still. When all hell is breaking loose, you can just stand still and wait on God to give you the next, next set of instructions. You don't have to jump and be a part of the hurricane. You don't have to jump and be a part of the storm and get out there and act a fool like everybody else. You can stand still and say, you know what? I'll be like the watchman. Amen. And I will watch and see what the Lord shall say to me. I will watch and see what God has to say. Genesis chapter 35. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 17. Oh, amen. Y'all getting something out of us? Hope y'all taking notes. Or just go back and listen to it. Some of your friends need to listen to this message. Praise God. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God, that thou appeared, excuse me, that appeared unto thee when you fled us from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said to his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange eyes and idols that are among you. Be clean and change your garments. Here is another paradigm shift getting ready to take place in Jacob's life. And it's all centered around Bethel. God never forgot that moment in time where Jacob humbled himself and said, God, I need you. That point where Jacob's back was against the wall and he didn't have nobody. Sometimes God will allow you to be placed in situations where you have nobody. It's not that you don't have nobody, but you in a season where God said, I don't want you to have nobody. I want you by my, I want you by yourself. Cause I need to spend some time with you. There's some things I need to show, show you and reveal to you and prepare and warn you about. So I need you by yourself. I don't want any distractions. I just want you. And so in that Bethel place was a place where God had Jacob's undivided attention. You didn't have mama. He didn't have Rebecca to sit up under. The Bible said he was, he was, uh, Jacob as a child. He was a little house boy. ran behind his mom all the time, behind his mom. You see one, you see the other. He was always behind her. God said, listen, for what I'm doing in you, I, I honey, Rebecca was a good mother to you and she did you real good, but I gotta break that right now because I need to pull something out of you. Amen. And if, if you continue to stay connected with Rachel, with Rebecca, amen, she gonna have a hand in it. She gonna manipulate it. She gonna, she, cause that's how she is, praise God. And God said, I love her. She's honest and she's, she's, she's a wonderful woman, but right now I need you by yourself. As you grow, you're going to find God break you from crutches and, 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 and wheelchairs and things and slings and all the stuff you've been leaning on. God will break all of that stuff. He'll break it. Some of us now have been broken from jobs because we have been leaning on jobs and, and, and all of our wealth we equate to the job and God said he break it. And a lot of institutions God has broken it, broken it, broken it, broken it. God said because I want you to lean on me. And when you show me that you can truly trust me and have confidence in me, God said, then I will restore. But right now, I need you. We need a Bethel moment. You ain't never had no Bethel moment. I can't think God is going through his books trying to find. Where is it that little Janie has come before me? I don't see it. angels. Can you bring me the books? Lord, we don't have no books on you and Janie because Janie was too busy doing everything else. Janie ain't had time for to create no Bethel place. God said, hmm, well, let me take everything that Janie loved so Janie can, she, she and I can have a Bethel place. You don't want that conversation to have lady. You don't want that kind of, you don't want none of that. Praise God. So God is saying to Jacob in Genesis 35, remember 28? He established Bethel. In 31, God said, I remember Bethel. You're going through warfare, but I remember it. And this is what I'm about to do for you. Genesis 35, by this time, he's already come out of labor. God brought him all the way through. Brought him all the way through. Amen. Even with his brother. God brought him through all of it. And kept reminding him about Bel. But God said, I just cannot forget about that time when we had an awesome, you ever been around your friends? You're like, girl, do you remember that time when the Carol is? Child, we had some, when you get around your friends, you remember moments. They're not Bethel moments, but they're these, these momentous occasions where you just had a real good time. Or it, for those of us who have been graduating from high school years, years, years ago, been out of school almost 30 some years, and, and your friends get together and you can remember, girl, you remember that time you fell off the bleachers behind child. We had to get, dig and find you. And, and, and you laugh and you have a good time. Amen. And it's just, it just does your heart good. To remember the good old days, people say, "Yeah, hey, remember the good old days when gas was seventy-five cents. Just the good old days, praise God." Well, that's that's sort of what God wants to create with you in Bethel, a spiritual place where He can sit down with you and say, "Daughter, I remember that time you sung that song. Oh, you worshipped so before me. You had tears coming, your heart was broken, and I, my angels was was, was restoring holy, uh, just, just the holiness, essence of holiness was an atmosphere. People were being healed. Demons was crying. Sickness was fleeing. Oh, daughter, I'll never forget that." moment where you made my heart so glad. I never forget the moment when you danced. And the minute you lifted up the flag, all the demons of hell was back back up and the angels of God descended. God wants to have some Bethel experiences with you. To where when you're going through, he said, listen, I know it's hard. I know it's rough, but I can't forget what you did. I can't forget the time that you stood up and you defended that person when everybody was coming against them. I can't forget what you did. You need a Bethel. You need You need your own House of God experience. Let me read on. And so, and they gave verse 4. And so, this is the sanctification process taken out. Because here's what's happened. Now, Jacob has to take his family back to Bethel. And Jacob says, listen. I know this place. This is a holy place. This was a place where there were an intersection of angels. And God himself at the top. You can't come here any kind of way. You, you got to wash your clothes. You got to sanctify. It. You got to get rid of, especially Rachel. You got to get rid of all of your stuff that you, you can't bring that here. You can't bring that Bethel. And so uh, Jacob is preparing his family for them to have their own Bethel experience. You know, you have mastered the creation or the establishment of a Bethel moment when you can lead people to create their own Bethel experience. When you can tell them, listen, y'all got to get to a place in God. You gotta, you, you got to, I'm, I'm gonna bring you in with me and I'm gonna let you join in on my prayer. I'm gonna let you join in on my worship. But you can't come like that, honey. You gotta come clean. You gotta take your shoes off. You gotta forgive people. You gotta quit all that nonsense. You gotta stop that because this place where I'm about to take you to, it's a holy ground. You come up in here, honey, you you about to drop dead. This, this place is sanctified. This is angelic, heavenly, kingdom, throne room activity. You can't just come here. Amen. Just like Moses told the priest and Aaron told his priest, you gotta wear certain clothes. You can't even wear have blended clothes. You got to wear linen because God don't want you to sweat. This ain't something you worked yourself into. You got to develop this through intimacy. You got to be clean. Your stuff got to be white. Don't you bring nothing spotted? Don't you bring nothing stinking. Because if you try to follow me behind this veil, we'll drag your dead body out of here because this is holy ground. This is a place where God is. God made this place himself. And so Jacob is trying to prepare them For their own Bethel experience. Because he's saying, I'm not gonna be with you always. You ain't always been able to sit around and hear me talk about how good God is and all the great experiences. No, I'm not gonna always be here. God may send me somewhere or take me. I don't know. But all I do know is you don't wanna you don't wanna keep moving and going ahead in life without your own Bethel experience. Listen to this. Verse four, Genesis thirty five, verse four. And they gave unto Jacob, listen, all the strange gods which were in their hand and all the earrings which were in their ears. They hearkened to Jacob. It's something about when you have had a genuine Bethel experience. You're going to have to convince people. I'm telling you, if you come over here, you're going to feel God. Now, if you just do this right here. And honey, ain't no gimmick. ain't ain't no show. This ain't no praise God auction. Uh, Amen. I'm going to invite you to an experience. And I'm going to tell you this. is If you want it, praise God. This is what you need to do to get it. Amen. But I'm not getting ready to drag you. I'm not getting ready to persuade you or convince you. You got to feel this thing in your heart yourself. And the Bible said they gave Jacob and take nothing from them. They gave. It said here I don't know Jacob because listen, there are people who are watching your life. Listen, they may never tell you. But they are watching your life. They are watching the way that you handle conflict. They are watching the way that you endure your trials and your tribulations. And listen, when you come out, which you will, praise God, they're going to say, listen, I don't know how you did that. I have people tell me, girl, since, pray, woman of God, I just, I watch you. I didn't say nothing. But I watch how you went through. I watched, I watched. And I just want to let you know, uh, you have encouraged me. And I don't know what you did, but woman of God, if I could just get to a place in God like where you are, and I will respond back and say, all I did was live holy. It wasn't no scripture. It was no magic hocus pocus, uh, uh, africadabra. It wasn't none of that. I just lived holy. Jacob didn't do nothing to experience Bethel. He just went to a place of trusting God and was sanctified and the heavens open. Ain't no formula. You don't have to buy no prayer kit. You don't have to have no prayer shawl. You don't have to have no instruments. You ain't got to have no choir. Amen. You don't have to have no tambourine. You don't have to, no microphone, no oil, no wig or heels. You just need to get to a place where it's just you and God and you get broke, get bold, and get empty and just stand before the Lord and say, God, here I am God. It's a place where God back him against the wall. You don't have nowhere else to turn. You got nowhere else to go. They gave unto Jacob the strange gods which were in their hand and they gave the earrings which were in their ears. And look look at what Jacob did. Jacob hid them under the oak at Shechem. Jacob said, I'm going to put this out of the presence of God. He buried it. Come on. He buried those things. He didn't even want God to see it from the ground. He buried it. I don't want God to see any remembrance of this in our midst because the spirit of God is so sensitive and you can't just come any kind of way. You may not, the earrings in your ear may be not an issue. It may be what's in your ear. It may be some of the things people have said to you that you need to take it off and bury it. It may be ponderings in the musics of your heart. Things that you can't stop thinking about. I just can't stop. I just want to get them. I just want to and you wonder why you can't get to end and don't nobody want to go with you. Praise God. There's some people that say, if they said to me, let's go worship. I said, no, I'll wait till you get done. Praise God because when the glory of God falls, I want to make sure it's the glory to make alive and not the glory to kill praise God so I can't even worship with everybody Saul told Samuel come on let's go worship Samuel said you must you must be crazy you are a witch, a bona fide witch. And you think I'm going to stand on the same platform as some of us? I'm going to say it because God is telling me to. Some of us are worshiping with witches. you in a church with a witch. You got witches prophesied. Witches, are, uh, witches apostolized over you. And you wonder why there's no glory. You wonder why there's no you. Why? Because you're standing on not holy ground. cursed ground. And your money is cursed. Your marriage is cursed. Your body is cursed. Your children are cursed. Generational. Ain't nothing working out. And you wonder why. Just look at what you connected to. You, sir, I'm not going to worship with you. There are some people who invite me to their praise and worship stuff. I'm like, I'm busy. What you doing? I don't know, but I'm going to be busy. I'll be busy plucking my eyebrows. I'll be busy. All right, that'll be the day that I work on my feet to spray it out. The nails are closed and I need an anointing to get the stuff from the bottom of my feet. Glory. And that'll be the day while you worship and do whatever, I'll be home with a razor and soap in a bucket, working it out. I'd rather be washing my feet than talking about hallelujah. You must be crazy for the wrath of God. No, ma'am. No, sir. Don't even tag me. Don't send me no pictures. Don't send me no YouTube. Don't send me nothing. Leave me alone, praise God. (laughs) Leave me alone. Not interested. Moving right along. So, So Jacob hid this stuff. He buried it in Shechem, out of the presence of God. And the Bible said, and they journey. And listen to this, y'all. Listen. Remember what we said? Don't bother a worshiper. Look at what happens here. The Bible said, and they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob, as they had sanctified themselves. Listen to some of you that's in warfare, and you think the devil is winning, and you think the enemy can just have his way in your life. As they were on their way to create their own Bethel experience, demons were surrounding them. Hello, somebody. But they had a leader who told them, don't worry about that. You have sanctified yourself. Listen, you have closed all the doors. You have closed all the gates. The enemy has no access. Now, I didn't say he can't be around you and he can't watch you and monitor you, but what I'm saying to you is he can't touch you. And so as you sanctify yourself and make yourself ready amen, to enter into this holy place, God said your enemies will look at you and listen, and the terror of God will fall upon you. And guess what? God arrested every last one of them in their tracks. That's why some of you, the enemy devils, can't stand you. People in your job, people in your neighborhood, people in your family—they they know everything. They can tell you everything that you've done, like you did Jesus. But then you eat corn without washing your hands, really? I just raised somebody from the dead. We're gonna have this. You worried about me eating corn without washing my hands? You see that—that's how—that's how, that's how a religious spirit. They pick things apart. Will 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 totally miss the whole message. Well, miss the whole move of God. Well, you, you, Apostle, you misquoted that scripture. I had uh, Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm moving right along. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. See, you had to bring yourself back in sometime. But religious people will do it. They'll pick yourself. I can't believe it. Uh, honey, you done missed everything God said. God gave you a word that will save your life. God just gave you a word to break that backbone of mess that's running through your bloodline. But you so religious. And you're so blinded by your own stuff, you can't even see God when he was standing right in front of you. You can even hear God. That's why Isaiah said. He said, y'all got eyes and you can't even see. You got ears, you can't even hear. He said, the whole head is sick, the heart is faint, and there's a table full of iron. I wonder where God is. God said, yeah, I wonder. I wonder. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue. God arrested. Jacob's enemies and the enemies of his children. Did you hear that? God will arrest your enemies. They will watch you, but they can't touch you when you have a Bethel experience. When you got when you got that Bethel grace upon your life. Let me move on, okay? And so Jacob came to Luz. Remember that all the way back in Genesis twenty-eight, okay, which is in the land of Canaan, which, which, which that is Bethel, right? So they, they brought. I love the way the Bible is to make sure to say, like, "Do you remember? This is what it was. This is what it is." And he, listen, and all the people that were with him, when you've had a true Bethel experience, you can invite, you can't make nobody go, but you can invite them into that place. He said, y'all got to, you got to feel this guy. You got to, you got to get to this place. Man, this is, this is awesome right here where God is. Let me, let me invite you in. Amen. And so. So Jacob came to love, verse 6, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel. He and all the people, listen, and he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel. Look at this right here. Because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. So Jacob, God took him back. God restored Jacob. And when Jacob got back, or let me say this, when Jacob was restored to that place, where he first met God. He renamed it again. He said at first it was called Luz. And then I had this experience. And then I renamed it Bethel. The house of God. But from all that God has brought me through. Now your testimony changes. Your, 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 your testimony. Has got to change. Some of us have been telling the same testimony for a thousand years. And, and God is, is doing some new things now. And, and so Jacob goes back. And he says Listen. I remember it was this place when I thought all hope was lost. I remember this point in my life where I felt like I wasn't going to make it. I felt like I was losing my mind. I didn't know how to be a mother or a father to my children. I didn't know how I was going to provide. I didn't know how I was going to contend with this sickness and this disease in my body. I know what the doctor said and all these pills they prescribed me. I know what my job said. The feet slipped. I know what the repo man said when he took my car, I know what the deputy said when they put an eviction notice, and I'm just in a place where I just don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do, and all of a sudden, I felt the power of God come in my room, I felt God come into my prayer, and all of a sudden, I felt a shift in the atmosphere, and whereas I wanted to take my life, I felt life being breathed back into me, and whereas I felt like I wanted to give up, God gave me hope, and God gave me encouragement, and Lost. It's going to be rough for a minute. It's going to be rough for a little while. This breakthrough ain't coming tomorrow. It ain't coming next year. It's going to be over time, over time. And I'm going to bless you incrementally. And I'm going to increase your strength. And everything you thought you loved, I'm going to restore to you. For eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither has an Your way, but I am the God of this blessing. I'm the dog that's stepping you. I remember your mama's past, I remember your daddy's prayer, I remember your great grandmother sitting on the back porch, worshiping me. And she had you in her belly. And when she worshiped her, I saw you. I saw this moment, I saw this time when you would need me. And When she comes to this moment, uh, when she gets to this low place, uh, I'm gonna be here. Uh, I'm gonna pick up. Uh, I'm gonna pick him up. Uh, I'm gonna let them know uh, that though I slay you, uh, yes, you gotta trust me. Because it looks like I'm killing you right now. It looks like you've been forgotten, and it looks like you've been abandoned, uh, and it looks like you've been neglected uh, and betrayed, all oh, but my child. I'm working even that. In your favor, I'm going to capture the tears that fall from your eyes and make the devil give a counter for everyone. God, God I'm going to prepare a table trading a new one for a newer one. You're trying to get a house. And you're trying to get a apartment. You're trying to get a new sofa. You're trying to grow your hair. You're trying to cut your hair. You're trying to fix some yard work. And God said, you forgot me. You forgot. You forgot Bethel. You for- how, how soon? you removed from the truth how uh, uh, soon did you forget uh, all that pain your body was going through uh, when Tylenol couldn't respond to it Ivy Pope couldn't respond to it Aspen couldn't respond to it uh, but I put a word, uh, I said a word uh, and my word healed you uh, and now you're whole. Uh, and now you're strong and mighty uh, and you forgot me Jesus. forgot but Jacob never forgot he never forgot and he went back And he didn't just go back by himself. He took his whole family with him. He said, listen, this God right here, He's too big for me. He's too much. I can't, Davis, I can't pretend to it. I can't comprehend it. And I'm a pretty smart person, but I just, I can't figure this God out. I want you all to come with me. Like I'm inviting you all today. Come with me come with me to Bethel. Get to a place where you sanctify yourself. Take the junk out your ear. Clean your clothes, praise God. Wash your face. Comb your hair. Get yourself to a place where God can receive you and humble yourself before the mighty hand of God that he will raise you up in due season. Get to a place where you can have your own Bethel. Your life will never be the same. I'm not saying you won't go through things. I'm not saying you won't cry another day. I'm not saying you won't have lack in your life. But what I am saying to God We'll never forget you. And God will never forget that moment. That you cultivated just for him. God will visit you in the midnight hour when you feel like you just can't stop crying. You'll feel the peace of God walk through your room. Hey, Amen. Life as said was chills going up. He didn't know whether it was God or a demon. Oh, he knew something walked in his room. But I maintain to tell you, it ain't going to be no something coming in your room. It's going to be a comfort. the comforter. The comforter is going to come in your room. And all of a sudden, you want to feel an embrace come over you. You want to feel your tears begin to dry up. And instead of crying, you want to start laughing. Bible said Mary laughed. And she said, huh, y'all shut me out. I was big and pregnant. And you would let me come in your house to give birth to my baby. My life was in danger. And you would let me. Y'all locked up the house. You said, we ain't got no room. We ain't got no space. And so I had to keep going. I had to go down to a field. I had to find an open field with a feeding tray. Come on, somebody. I want to let somebody know, you think, praise God, you had it rough. You ain't had nothing rough, praise God. So you've been ready to give birth, and you don't have no place to lay down and give birth. You don't have nobody bringing you no gifts and pacifiers and pampers. All you got is some animals, praise God, and a nervous husband who you don't know, praise God. If God just met with him, you don't know whether he's coming or going. Amen. Because you already proved to me one time, amen, that you'll take off. So I don't even know if I can put my trust in you actually, but all I know is I just got to lay down and birth this thing out. And so you think that you birthed you got a heart birthed? You think you're the only one going through something? Honey, you are not the only one. There have been other men and women of God who had to get birthed by themselves, but God was there. Oh, Jesus. So Jacob said, I want to take y'all with me. And he built the altar and he renamed that place. He said, I call this place Bethel. But you know what? God is so much bigger now. See, the God I knew back in May 1995, when I came back from backslide, two years of backslide, where the God told me, he said, I'm going to kill you. Do you know how much I put on the inside of you? And you will do this. Do you know how many people are attached and connected to the destiny on your life? And you will do this. You're going to do this right now. When I called you, I waited your whole life. I have been dealing with you from when you was a child. I have shown you things that people have been in God for years have not seen. And I finally got you to a place where you surrendered. I finally called your tail off the dance floor and called you out the hotel room and put different things out your hands. I finally sanctified you and cleaned you up. And you got the nerve to turn back on me now. God said you were laying in that hospital room. You were a lady, and, and, and you will wonder from day to day whether you going to come out of here walking or come out of here rolling. God said, I'm going to teach you. And so from 1993 to 1995, I begged God, Lord, let me back, God. Bring me back, God. Lord, I, I don't mind. I, I had no peace whatsoever. Not, I felt like I was, we talked about Nebuchadnezzar. I felt like Nebuchadnezzar out there turning into feathers, scratching on the ground looking for worms. I had come to my lowest of low and God would not let me come back in. It wasn't until May 1995 when God finally opened the door for me. Finally let me back in. Glory to God. And I'll never forget. I was sitting in the back of a church and I still was not sanctified, but I knew that I needed God. And I was sitting there with my little miniskirt and a tie. I didn't know how to dress. I didn't know none of my sanctification. I just knew I needed God. And all of a sudden, there was an altar call. I'll never forget it. Cause that was a backdrop moment in my life. And there I was sitting there. I had nothing. I had no car. I had no job. My relationships was jacked up. I had nobody. I had no friends. God shut all the doors for me. And I was sitting in the back of the church and it was hot as hell in there. And I was just ready to go. Didn't know where I was going, but I was just ready to go. And all of a sudden, my prophet mother, who has gone home to be with the Lord. She got up in front of the church. And she said, daughter, come here. And a spirit of rebellion rose up in me. And I argued with that woman in the church. during an altar call. And God could have killed me dead. But that rebellious spirit would not let me go. And she said, come here. Come here, daughter. Come down here. I want to pray for you. And I said, it's too hot in here. I'm all the way to the church. It was packed. I said, I'm all the way here in the back of this church. I got a cross and step cross, people. Praise God. I'm not coming up there. She called me one last time. She said, daughter, if you don't come to me, I'm coming to get you. And I thank God for the spirit of God that would not let her pass me by. And I stepped across some people. I was all the way back. The devil had me so tucked in to the back of the church up against the wall. He had me so sealed and boxed in to make sure that I would never get out. And I crawled across some people and came to the front. And that woman ministered to me. And she told me about myself. You know, I hear people say, oh, woman, I God, you so humble. Let me tell you about who I was before God humbled me. And my husband and my family can tell you, I will curse you out on the drop of a dime. And when I finish cursing you out, I will jump you and I will beat you crazy because I had a spirit of anger and rage because of the things that I had gone through. I was mad with everybody. I was mad with the world. I was mad with God, too. And that woman stood me to my face and she told me about myself. And God humbled me. I couldn't even open my mouth because everything she said was true. Everything she said, she looked down my life to when I was seven years old. And she said, I see you sitting on the side of your bed with your little sister's doll baby, talking to the doll baby. Because I was so angry. I didn't even want to have, I didn't want nothing to care for. My mama said, What you want for Christmas? I said, Give me a typewriter and some books. I didn't want to care for nothing. I was mean. I was mean. My siblings wouldn't even come into my room. They would open the door and say what they had to say and shut the door because i throw shoes and stuff at them. I used to attack my siblings and then make them fight. Mean. Angry. God said, I'm going to come visit you and I'm going to take the root of that hell out of your heart. And that woman stood there and she ministered to me. And the tears fell down my eyes. She said, do you believe God is real? I said, yes ma'am. I knew God was real but I was fighting him because I was hurt lived a childhood full of hurt and she said do you know God is real and I said yes ma'am she said are you ready for God now I said yes ma'am and let me tell you something that woman laid hands on me and let me tell you something when she laid hands on me I blacked out two things happened to me at the same time and my physical body couldn't even contain it Every demon that I had was cast down at one time. I didn't wrestle. Nobody had chased chase me across the church. Every demon that was connected to my life left my body at one time. And then the Spirit of God came in at the same time. I passed out because of the spiritual activity overwhelmed this frail physical body. And when they picked me up, I picked me up off the floor. I fell back down again because God said she ain't finished. And when I fell down that second time, I fell into hellfire, And I could feel the flames. And I was reaching. and I said, somebody come and get me out of hell. But nobody could hear me. And I saw my grandfather who was a deacon back in his day. And my grandfather as a child raised me up in the things of God. He made me get baptized at five years old. The water was so cold I thought I was going to die and drown. But every Sunday morning he had me up reading scriptures and singing hymns. And he had me in church every Sunday. And when I fell back down in hell and I looked up, I saw my grandfather praying for me. He was standing up beside us in the glory cloud praying for me. And I felt the hand of God reach down through the flames. And God lifted me up. And when I came among those flames, the spirit of God baptized me in the Holy Ghost and I was, I tore a whole church up I shouted and I shouted and I shouted and I felt the fire of God burning me I was trying to rip my clothes off and I fell down again and I heard this noise in the microphone I didn't know who it was and when I came to myself I said wow that's me and the most beautiful tongues was coming out of my mouth they had a microphone and I was still out of my body see my physical, my my chest is heaving and heaving and I can see the words coming out. That's my Bethlehem. That no matter what I go through in this life can't nobody tell me that if it had not been for God that if it had not been for the prayers of the righteous I would not be here today. And you know that mean spirit that fighting spirit that spirit that will curse you out God killed it. God killed it. And so 4 one oh, she's so, she's so humble. that I, I look at them sometimes. I think you have no idea. God killed. God killed that thing. So don't tell me, don't tell me that God is not real. Don't tell me he can't deliver and say, I want to hear it. You'll never be able to, to, to persuade me against the power of God. Now have I been perfect since that moment? God, no. I'll do something crazy by the time I get home. Because I'm human and I'm flesh and I will make mistakes. But when I do, I got enough fear of God to say, Father, forgive me, Lord. It was a moment. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean, God, forgive me. And you know what? The Bible said, when I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So I don't have to be condemned all year and all day long because of what I said or what I did. I acknowledge, God, that I'm human and I'm subject to fail. I can only live this life by your power. By your power alone. That's my best I invite you. Wherever you are. To your own bed A moment in time. That can't nobody take from you. Can't nobody take May 1995 from me. I will never forget. It. Never. Sunday morning. Coming up on May 2020. Will be what like 25, 26 years. I don't know the man. Praise God. That I've been walking with God for real. The raised in church. I don't even count that. I'm talking about when I walk with God for real. And this month. Made 16 years. That I answered the call of God. On oh man in my ministry. 16 years. When you have a Bethel experience. You ain't going to be backside every week. You ain't. You ain't. You, you You're not going to tell me you had God for real. And then you can just keep jumping in and out. No. 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 When you say yeah, you want to mean it. Now, you may have to be picked up and dragged sometimes, but you won't turn back. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you glory and we give you praise. Had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would we be? Even in times like this, we know there's a Savior, we know that there's a Healer. We know that there's a delivery. There's some politicians that say God didn't do it. Man did it. And I say, as you say, because if that's not your reality, there's nothing I can do to persuade you otherwise. But as for me and my house, God gets all the glory for the healing. Now, yes, he uses man's uh, skills and witty inventions of medicine that he gave them. So I, I get it. Yeah, man did do it. But the agency behind it was the kingdom of God. But I don't knock what nobody believe in. Because if you hadn't been preached it, you hadn't heard it, you can't believe it. But Father, we know where our help come from. We know God. Who is looking over his people. You say you neither slumber nor sleep. We thank you that you are a keeper. You say you will keep that which is committed unto you against that day. Some say we're living in the last days. We've been living in the last days since the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Joel prophesied that in 2.28. In the last days I will pour out my spirit upon you. That happened in Acts chapter 2. So God we're not even going to allow conspiracists or end times or first times or middle times theologians to cause panic been in the last days. It's just a fulfillment of prophecy. You said there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. You already said it a long time ago. The earth is travailing. Is what's happening. She's travailing and she's groaning because her time for birthing is at hand. But the time is not yet. So Father, in the meanwhile, we have work to do. We have nations to raise. We have works that we must commit our hands to. We have families that we have to train in the admonition of the Lord. That after our departure, they will continue lifting the bloodstained banner of the Lord Jesus. We have leaders that we have to develop for the next release of apostles and prophets on the earth. We don't need everybody to be apostles right now. We need to be trained in the next level, the next dimension. Because they're going to go further and higher than we will. So it's our job not to put a brand on them and release them like an assembly line. And let the devil kill them. But to hide them. Teach them how to worship like Samuel. Establish five schools of prophets. But he was the only one out on the front line. And then Elisha was the only one. Teach us your Bible, Lord. Just teach us the Bible, God. Some of us, God, don't even understand. Doctrine. We don't know. We just follow what somebody said on Facebook or, or Twitter or whatever. And, and and we share it and we, we have no idea. We're adding to the foolishness. Father, forgive us. Lord, I pray for every listener. I pray, God, that they would find a place where they can crown it a Bethel moment. Do it for them, my father. Give them a moment in time. Lord God, where they feel like everything is is, is just over. And they got to show up. Commune with them. Let there be a changing of the gods. And let them be released from Bethany, oh God. A mighty warrior. A terror to the camp of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. Those God who are listening to me, who are backfriend. I understand that I've been here. I know what it's like. You got the spirit of God pulling here, and you got the world pulling here. But I prophesy that the day of a yielded yes will come soon—a day when they throw their hands up and say, "God, for you I live, and for you I die." But in the meanwhile, we'll keep preaching, and we'll keep praying. We will keep bearing witness that the Lord is married to the backslide. Thank you, God. Thank you for my prophet mother. Thank you for my grandfather. All those of old that have prayed for me, even my second prophet mother, that have gone on, God. And you said, now it's your time, daughter, to be a prophet mother. And I thank you for this hour. Lord, let me not take it for granted. Let me pour as I have received. You said freely you have received. Freely you give. Give me the grace, God, to get the work done. That when my departure is at hand, my daughters and my sons can stand up and say, I remember my woman of God. She kept pushing. She wouldn't give up. She wouldn't stop praying. She wouldn't stop encouraging. And now look at what the Lord has done. God, we don't care nothing about numbers. We don't care nothing about fancy nothing. It's about your kingdom. It's about somebody being left behind to do the work. Father, I wasn't paying attention to what my grandfather was doing. I was ready to eat and ready to go play. But he was sowing into my spirit. Now here I am, 40 some years almost later, I can't. Some of our children, may not understand why mama do that, why, dad, why they do that, why daddy, why they do that. They don't understand. The Bible said, when I was a child, I thought as a child. I behaved, I care, I conducted myself as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So, God, we got to expect childhood behavior from the immature, from the babes. We got to expect it, but we can't give up. Give us patience. Give me patience, God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you so much, God. Words can't declare it. Let this word go, Lord, and accomplish that where it has been sent. Let it go, Father, and I bind the fowl from snatching the seed. As Jacob buried the earrings, God, I bury this word in this spirit that they may not sin against you. Let it take root and bear fruit, God. Let it Grow into a harvest that they can eat from for years. Orchids of harvest that will feed nations and nations and nations. We love you, Father, Jesus' name. Amen.